<laughs> well, we might as well have joy. You know, we sing joy to the world. Uh, a lot of people have joy everywhere but church. When they get to church, it's, it's all serious business now. We've got to get serious. It's about God. You know, God is a, is a laughing God, a joyful God. The Word says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Be good to have a merry heart at Merry Christmas time, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, that's what merry means. It's a, it's a great old English word, but it just means happy, merry. Be merry, be happy, you know, mirthful and, and joyful. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we need to notify our face. We used to sing a song, if you're happy, notify your face. Take that frown off and share it with the human race. <laughs> if you love Jesus, amen, then notify your face, amen. The Lefevers sang that, praise the Lord. <laughs> How many remember the Lefevers? Praise the Lord, amen. All right. Can't forget the Lefevers. <laughs> All right, praise God. I'm going to preach here. Uh, I had another message. I, I, in fact, I had at home already put it in the bulletin and everything. And, and uh, this morning I got up and the Lord changed my direction. How about that? And uh, you, you can know that you can know that you're kind of on track with hearing from God on a certain thing when uh, all kinds of problems start happening on Sunday morning. So I'm going, I'm in my closet. You want to hear my problems? I, I get in the uh, closet today and, and Scarlett said, you know, it's always on, it's always on Sunday morning before you're supposed to preach some anointed message that the devil lacks up. So I get in the, <laughs> I get in the closet this morning. I'm looking for pants to wear, um, that still fit. Praise God. And, um, by faith, I won't throw out the skinny pants by faith, you know, and expectancy. But faith without works is dead, you know. How, how many know that? But um, anyway, I'm trying. I pull my pants rack out of the closet, and the whole thing collapses in the floor, and can't find the shoes I'm supposed to be wearing. It was just like a, a Sunday morning disaster. How many know what I mean? Anybody ever had one of those? So uh, glory to God. And so you know you get into it with things and uh but i know why too uh, for uh some of it is what the lord told me to preach this morning is he says i want you to have a healing service well you know what's interesting about that is uh, and there's folks that are not here that need healing and you can receive healing right there in your home uh, boy the devil would rather you have anything but, but than a healing service or a prosperity service <laughs> anything but that because because uh, he doesn't want people to be blessed by the finished work of christ but this morning we're going to have a healing service and we're going to anybody here need healing you know amen we're going to have a healing service and we're going to anoint with oil and i'm not afraid of laying hands on you I'm afraid you're going to give me the covid not in jesus name how ridiculous. We're praying for the sick and afraid we're going to get COVID praying for the sick. That is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And yet it's all over, you know, like that craziness. One church that's 
Big, big faith church. Big faith church announced, if you're sick, don't come here. <laughs> and then they said, one of our mottos is to bring healing to the world. And it's like, y'all ain't, that ain't jiving. That ain't working for you. <laughs> We're bringing healing to the world as long as it's not COVID related. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, just, you can't make this stuff up, you know. Uh, you know, Lucille Ball wished she had comedy writers that good, you know. She would have been even more successful. Or Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett couldn't even have stuff that creative. We're bringing healing to the world, but don't come if you're sick. Well, that's just, that just don't work. I'm sorry. Well, we don't want to be cavalier about it or, you know, prideful. But on the other hand, we can certainly be in faith. Expecting God to be God. Amen. Amen. And so I, I declare this building COVID-free zone and yes. cancer-free zone yes. and arthritis and pain and suffering-free zone yes. in Jesus' name. Parkinson's disease and every other name that's got a name has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to preach the word if it hairlips the devil. Hopefully it does. All right. John 5, I'm going to find out here some things, good things from the Lord. John 5 and verse 2, I'm going to ask one question here at the end of this, and then we'll just move move on. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Now, let's stop reading there and just park here a minute. How many believe that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again, expecting new results? And that's kind of what this guy was doing. He was there thirty-eight years. Once a year, the angel comes around. It says at a certain season. And he came and troubled the water, first guy in. If I was him, I would have scooted over near the edge of the thing and kind of just kept my foot in the water so that I'm always going to be next, you know. 38 years, and he's still expecting this thing to work. By then, he should have already thought of something else, but he didn't. He's dedicated to this angel thing. Well, bless God, I mean, this guy is in such bad shape by the time he starts uh, moving and squirming, trying to get closer to the edge of the water, probably somebody with not very much wrong with them just walks through it and gets the healing. There's only one. It's like a healing lottery. And um, this thing is just, just really out of whack for this guy. It's not working for him. I don't even care if you say, well, it was an angel and that made it holy. Well, fine, the holy angel ain't working for you. And it says here, when the man was there 38 years, should we go for 39? Let's make it an even 40. 
This, to me, is one of the most challenging passages in Jesus' story, is this story right here. Because it challenges all of us. Some of us will just keep doing the same thing, the same prayer, the same confession, over and over, expecting new results. And if it isn't working, we need to say, this ain't working. Lord, show me another way. Show me another path. What is it that I can do? And Jesus saw him like, somebody says, well, it, maybe it wasn't the Lord's will. Obviously, it wasn't the Lord's will to heal this guy. Well, let's see about the will. This is what we're going to talk about because of the question Jesus asked about the will. Because we're always obsessed with what is God's will, but God seems to be interested in what our will is. Isn't that something? When Jesus saw him lie there and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. So Jesus is calling 38 years a long time. How many know 38 minutes is too long to be in pain or to be paralyzed or something not working? He said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Isn't that something? God, Jesus, who is God, part of the Godhead, amen, Jesus is asking this question, what's your will? Are you willing today to be made whole? And so the impotent man, that's impotent, not impotent. Praise the Lord. Okay. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man. Oh, this thing, this thing. It'll preach not, you can preach a revival for a week off of these, these scriptures. I have no man. You ever, you ever felt like that? I don't have anybody to help me. I don't have any, any man, any woman. Nobody can help me. I have no man. Ha! That'd be a good sermon title. I have no man. Praise God. You can hear Shambach with that one. I have no man. Alright. I have no man when the water is troubled. To put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Of course he does. This is survival of the fittest at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And Jesus is saying here, You and I today, we don't need the pool of Bethesda. We don't need that angel. We don't need that system that's not working for you. We've got each other, and that's all that counts. You don't need a man. You've got Jesus. You don't need a man. You've got the man. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. There's an anointing on this message today. That's the reason the devil will fight you to preach something like this. We don't need a man. We've got the man. Somebody might say, well, I don't have any financial backing. I don't have anybody to help me with this loan. Or I don't have, you know, whatever it is. You don't need a man. You've got the man. You've got the man who took a little boy's snack. It wasn't even a full lunch. A little boy's snack. And uh, some crackers and some, like, Sardine-sized fish. And Jesus multiplied it and fed 5,000. 
with that little lunch. Do you think he's still the same? Is he still the multiplier? Is he still the provider? Can he take a little something? Maybe our tithes or our offering or our little seed that we've planted somewhere. Can he take that and do something great with it? Glory. I don't have anybody. Jesus did not even address that. He didn't comment on it. He didn't care about it. Because he's going to give him a new idea. God's going to give you a new idea for 2021. He's going to give you a new plan. A new way to think and to do. All right. Y'all get anything out of this? I'm glad you came here. How many rather be here than the best insane asylum in the state of Florida? He says to him, here's the new idea. An idea this man believed was impossible. This is what's so amazing. The man believed it was impossible to do what Jesus is suggesting. Not suggesting, merely suggesting. He's commanding him really. He says, rise. Well, I don't think I can. I'm impotent in my feet. Rise. Do what you couldn't do before. Woo! Take up your bed. Turn your back. That's not in here, but you'd have to think about it. To get up after you take up your bed. Not only is Jesus telling him to get up, which he can't do. Probably pick up his bed roll which has some weight to it. You know how it is if you're weak and sickly, can't carry anything. And walk. That's for sure he can't do that. That's why he needs the angel. What are you going to do if you walk? You're going to walk away from something. You're turning your back. What's he turning his back on? This will preach, I'm telling you. You're turning your, he's turning his back on that pool of Bethesda that has been nothing but a disappointment. He's turning his back on the angel that, uh, the lottery system hasn't worked for him. He's turning his back on all that scene. It says where the sick and the impotent was. He's turning his back. He's no longer going to be a group in the group of the sick. He's going to join a new group of the healed. And the whole, praise God, he's got a future life ahead of him that does not include the pool of Bethesda infirmary and hospital. Now there's weirdo religious people that'll try to make the pool of Bethesda some kind of a holy place just because there's so much sickness there. But I'm telling you, sickness is not from God, and God has not put it on anybody to make them more whatever. Uh, The Bible says that the only reason that sickness ever came was because of the fall of man, because of the curse. It was never a blessing. I don't care what the denomination says it is. They're wrong. Disqualified. Wrong. Just flat wrong. 
That, that, that sickness is, oh, such a beautiful thing. It is not. It is from the devil. The Bible says that Jesus, everywhere he went, he was healing those that were oppressed of the devil. The Bible calls sickness oppression of the devil. It is sick. It, 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 it is disabling. It, it causes, uh, tremendous loss in a family. It can cost a, a, a lot of money. To, to, to maintain it and, and things. I'm telling you folks, it's of the devil. Don't ever say, thank you, Lord, for giving me this disability so that I can remember who you are. I'm not in charge. Some nonsense. That stuff is from the pit of hell. And I'm sorry it's ever been preached across any pulpit, but it has been and continues to be. That's why we've got to proclaim louder the truth. Amen. Christ is ridiculous. You say, well, if sickness came from the fall of man, but Jesus came and did something about the fall of man. Jesus came to, to, to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. He said that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do all that. And preach the good news to the poor. Well, what would that be? What would the good news to the poor be? Oh, the Lord has done this to you because, you know, you're so meek and lowly. No. <laughs> the good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor no more. No, poor no more. Amen. Y'all get that, what that means? Poor no more. It, amen. And uh, if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. If you've got Jesus, you're going to have. I mean, you know, not that you won't be challenged, not that you won't be tested, but I'm telling you, you're going to have what you need in this world. You're going to have your needs met. And you're going to be a blessing. The Bible says we're going to loan money out and not borrow it. <laughs> Woo! Well, you got to be somewhat well off to loan it out, you know. You gotta, gotta have something to loan. <laughs> that means if you loan it, you collect the interest too. <laughs> if you want to. It's not against the word, you know. The Bible is against usury, which means extremes. But, uh, praise God. Don't everybody shout at once on that one. Well, he mentioned money. There goes the anointing. Like Brother Hagin said, some guy said, now don't mention any money, you know, it'll kill the spirit. He said, well, that kind of spirit needs to be killed. <laughs> All right, listen, folks, you getting anything out of this? So this guy, this is another message, but it will work with it. He just did it. I have a series, CD series called Just Do It. Just do it. Whatever he says do, just do it. And so the man just did it. He didn't stop again and say, well, I can't. I can't. Apparently the Lord thought he could. And told him to do it. I always say this, just if you have to, with faith, start out in the flesh, you'll end up in the spirit. Now that can be taken to extremes. We've all seen the wackos and the nuts. But we're not talking about extremes today. We're talking about just going down the middle of the road. But be ineffective. Amen. Just because somebody gets in a 
in a car and drives 120 miles down the freeway and runs into the bridge doesn't mean you shouldn't be driving at all. You understand there's a balance. And it doesn't mean you have to drive 17 miles per hour either on the freeway and get rear-ended. There's a balance, isn't there? There's a normal rate of speed. And that's the way it is for the word and for faith. There's a normal rate of speed. If you get on that freeway of faith, you'll get somewhere. Well, there's extremes. Folks, there's extremes for everything. I've seen people with some hairdos that you wouldn't believe. Purple and pink and whatever. That's more than covering up roots, ain't it? That's something else. We're in another world with that. Well, if you wear purple hair, you're welcome here. Fine. I mean, I don't have to like your hair for you to come to church. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) I'm just saying there's extremes. So we don't all shave our head off and go bald because somebody's got a weird hairdo. That's my point. Well, just because somebody would go to the extreme with some of these ideas doesn't mean there's not a, there's not a balanced, solid foundation to stand on here. Well, what happened when the guy did this? Well, it wasn't the Lord's will to really heal him, and Jesus forgot to check the list and checking it twice and see who was naughty and nice. And so the guy just crawled around and flopped. No, it says immediately, the immediately, everybody say immediately. You know, you can be immediately healed. You can be immediately delivered. Immediately, the man was made whole, not just healed, but made whole. That means whatever had atrophied from being 38 years without walking. You know, your legs will just stop after a while. And shrivel up you ever seen somebody like that that's been in a wheelchair a long time and you look at their legs and you're thinking wow what happened here well the muscles will atrophy but it says here he was made whole that means that uh, instantaneously supernaturally i tried to put those two words together and that doesn't work it doesn't work in the king's english anyway But it says immediately, so, so, so instantaneously, not only was his, was he healed, but he had to have had a creative miracle that his muscles were returned and, and all the, the, the nerve endings and all the blood supply and everything to those legs had to be restored because it says that he was, he walked on that day and took up his bed and was made whole. Amen. And the same day was the Sabbath, which caused a problem. Because the Jews got all mad that, you know, here you are healing again on the Sabbath day. And Jesus likened it to, remember in John 13, he said, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 13, he said that that woman that had been bowed over 18 years, he loosed her on the Sabbath day. And remember, the ruler of the synagogue got all huffy about it. And Jesus said, you're a hypocrite. He says, you loose your ox and your ass from the stall of the Sabbath and lead them to water, and you won't let this woman be delivered. What, who do you think is more important to God, a donkey or a woman? Come on, folks. we got to get our head out of our religious hole somewhere. And if we put the rules 
above people, then we're in trouble. Glory to God. Well, I want to show you something here. You, you know, we're talking about God's will, people's will. That man, you know, again, G- Jesus wanted to know what what's his will. And uh, I like what Brother Hagin used to say about the will of God is his word is his will. If you can find it in the word, you've got the will. To show you how important that is, uh, um, you know, if you've ever been uh, involved in somebody's will, in, in either in creating it, helping create it, or to be, you know, on the receiving end or the reading of the will. I remember my dad, when he passed away, he had a will, praise God. And it saved his house because in Oklahoma, the title had to be a certain way. I've told you this before. The title had to be a certain way for it to pass to my mother. And uh, somehow the realtor or whatever had uh, a mortgage company that had re- rewritten something had, had messed it up. How many know that experts can mess it up? And they messed it up. And uh, and uh, so it wasn't right. So I had to go to court to prove that it was, you know, the, the, the problem and to fix it. Otherwise, the state would have owned half the house in probate. You understand? And so they we went there. And guess what the judge wanted? It, first question, is there a will? Yes. Is it is it in writing? Yes. May I see it? Whatever the will said, that's what the law went. Amen. Well, God's word is his will. And you can read it with confidence. Oh, good. It says here, I'm the beneficiary. All right. We'll get the service off the ground sooner or later. Keep holding your breath, crossing your fingers. Anybody, any rabbit's foots? All right. I want you to look at Mark 6 here about, about some things that I, I touch on from time to time. Uh, Mark 6 uh, and verse 3. And because we're talking about our will, God's will, being the word, our will, which can be get in the way, and then just an unwillingness to receive what the Lord has, can block the blessing of God in your life. Did you know that the Bible talks about the children of Israel, they were in doubt and unbelief, and it says they limited the Lord God of Israel. You think, oh, no, now God, see, again, religion will talk instead of the word. Oh, now God is God, and he can do whatever he wants, you know. <laughs> you, nothing can stop God. It's like, well, according to the word, our lack of faith and lack of willingness can stop God from doing what he wants to do in our life. Sorry, if that bothers your religion, you have to compare your religion to the word. Yeah. So well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's because you're... We're religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. People say, well, God is going to have his way no matter what. No, the Bible says that many will perish and go to hell. 
And the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. So if he's not willing that any should perish and yet some will and go to hell, how does that work? Do you understand? We need to read the word like it is. The free will that God has given us is a powerful thing. So I want to show you how you can get out, get, get out from the blessing even in a local church. Mark 6, uh, again, verse 2. Sorry, did I say 3? Verse 2. When the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? Well, he's preaching the word to them. And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? They're not denying that God's using him. You get, you getting this? They're, they're not denying. They're not saying he's a fraud. They're not saying he, these things aren't real. But they're saying something else. They're really saying, who does he think he is? Now, you can get an attitude like that about your pastor if you don't watch it. A lot of people will want the pastor to be superhuman. <laughs> you know, some kind of a god from uh, Mount Olympus. But um, pastors and evangelists and teachers uh, and, uh, you know, prophets and apostles will include them. These are gifts to the body of Christ, but they're not, they're not like transformed into something superhuman that never make a mistake, that don't burp when they eat. We'll leave it at that. You understand? These are, if you, if they, if they bust their, if they bust their toenail, it might bleed. I'm just saying. And so, they were looking at Jesus strictly from the flesh and not from the spirit. And I'm going to show you what happened to him as a result. It says, mighty works were wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of Jacob? Now, these are not like highfalutin people here. You understand? These are not necessarily, you know, the Pharisees at the temple. These are just regular folk. The brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. It doesn't say they didn't acknowledge his work. It says they were offended at him. Like who does he think he is? Um. Now, when offense comes, then you can't receive. I have a friend, uh, we have a mutual friend in, in Alabama, pastor of a great church, and he had a businessman come and sit down with him one day, and he said it was a part of the church, and he said, I just want you to know I could pastor this church as good as you. And our friend said, well, that may be, the pro- you, you just got one problem. He says, what is it? He says, I'm the pastor and you're not. This isn't a competition of who's smarter. This isn't a competition of who's, you know, got more life's experience or whatever else. 
Are you following me? And you can become, so the man was offended at the pastor. Couldn't, couldn't receive from him anymore. He said, well, I, I'm going to have to leave. He said, well, yeah, that's probably the best thing. He says, die vision. Anything that's die vision is not vision. It's, in other words, it's two visions. Division comes from two, two competing visions. Well, some, somebody's got to give. Are you listening? They were offended. You have to watch getting offended at your pastor. Amen? Getting offended at the guest evangelist that came and said something that rubbed you wrong. You're not careful. You, you, you can't receive from it. From that ministry. Look what happened. Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and amongst his own kin, and in his own house. And it says he could there do no mighty work. Save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk. And other translations say sickly. In other words, wasn't very much wrong with them. The few maladies. Headache or two or something like that. And healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. So what did he do? He continued to teach. He continued to share the word. Amen. It doesn't say he was offended back at them. They were offended at him. And, and, the, and so Jesus called offense unbelief. One more scripture. And then, uh, so I, I want to show you, I want to show you that on, on this healing Sunday, how that our, you know, lack of faith or whatever. Again, this one guy, the pool of Bethesda, we got three stories. The pool of Bethesda guy, he, he can't get his healing because he's depending on a religious system that's not working for him. And he's doing the insanity thing. And Jesus gave him a new idea and he got healed. Then we have this bunch in Mark 6, <laughs> the Mark 6 crowd, uh, who... Um, they're the Lincoln Mark 6, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> but the Mark 6 folks, they're, uh, they're, they can't receive. It's not because it's not God's will. It's because they're offended. Who does he think he is? I saw this and I saw that out of him. His sisters, we know them. They're nobody special. You see how that can happen? Familiarity can cause a problem. And then you got them. They could, couldn't receive because of offense. So we'd have to stay out of that, wouldn't we? Amen. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we just have to pray. I'm, I'm telling you, I worked for Kenneth Hagin for years, and there were times that I got offended at him. <laughs> and I'd have to pray, Lord, help me with this. I'm seeing something here I don't like. I'm seeing something that's, that, that I disagree with. But I acknowledge that he's your man. He's a prophet. He's appointed. He's anointed. And so I'm just going to follow along. Amen. And praise God, when I, when I did that, peace came. And then the next meeting I was in, he said something changed my life that I'm still chewing on. Amen. 
All right, praise God. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? And then you have this, Mark, Mark 9, 23. The question is, if Jesus, is Jesus willing? I know, I know, I know. Maybe, maybe he's able. I think he might be, but is he willing? Well, you just never know, Brother David. You just never know. Well, you know if you won't be ignorant. Read the Bible. All right, Mark six, uh, Mark nine. Remember this man. I'll, I'll paraphrase some of this to save time. This man brought his son. He's got a dumb spirit. Whithersoever he taketh him, he teareth him and foameth, gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away. I spoke to thy disciples that they could cast him out, and they could not. And uh, they brought the, 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 the kid. The spirit was tearing him. He's on the ground. He's wallowing in foam. Jesus asked his father, how long is it ago since, uh, how long is it ago since, um, he, he, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. Since this came unto him, and he said of a child, and oft times it's cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But now listen to this. If thou can do anything, if thou canst, meaning can, if thou can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now religion would have Jesus answering Oh, yes, my child, I am the epitome of compassion. I am going to heal thy son. Oh, you know, with two fingers and do the thing and whatever. And a halo appear and a rainbow. But what they can do in Hollywood is amazing. But we're not in Hollywood today. We're in the Word. We're not going to have Hollywood Jesus in our hearts, we're going to have Bible Jesus in our hearts. Well, Bible Jesus didn't answer like Hollywood Jesus and religious Jesus would answer. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. He put it right back on him. Isn't that something? Now, in certain translations, it'll say that uh, Jesus said, what is this? If I can business, that's not a question. That's not his ability is how many would agree with that? His ability is not in question. How many believe Jesus can do everything? All things are possible. And he says, the question is not, can I? The question is, do you believe I can? And that was a smart man. He said, I believe. <laughs> and then he said, help my unbelief. Woo! Smart man here in the Bible. Now, you can tell he was not a member of the local Word of Faith church. Or he would have never confessed that he had unbelief. But at least he hadn't been there yet. And he was still honest. And... <laughs> <laughs> hadn't been rebuked by confession monitors. So he was able to say, I've got a problem with unbelief. Help me. Amen. 
You know it's okay to tell the Lord that? Did you know that? Did you know that it's okay? I'm telling you, us Word of Faith people here. We're saying it's all right to tell the Lord I'm struggling with this. Help me. He'll help you. He'll touch you. He'll give you a scripture. He'll have you be at service on Sunday morning to hear Pastor Scarlett, Pastor David preach. Amen? Well, I got bad news for you today. The bad news is that Pastor Scarlett and Pastor David are humans. This is the bad news. I hate to break it to you all at once. And, uh, you know, we might not do everything perfect. We've certainly got, well, Scarlett's perfect, but uh, I'm, I'm a little slow, but I'm not completely stupid. Scarlet's perfect, but I've got issues. And, uh, amen. So we, we have to, and I, I guarantee you, I, I told you about this woman in Tulsa, praise the Lord, who came to me and said, I don't know, there's just something about you that's not right. And I said, lady, you got three hours? I got a lot wrong with me. What does that have to do with anything? Paul called himself, oh, wretched man that I am. The apostle Paul said, I am wretched. And he said, the only thing that delivers me is Jesus Christ. Well, if the apostle Paul can say that, I think I can say that. Amen? Well, God never called pastors to be perfect. And anybody that tries to do that, they're probably hiding a bunch of stuff in their life. It's easy to throw rocks, isn't it? But we need to pray for our leadership. Pray for our pastors. Pray for our bishops. Pray for our overseers and people that's over us in the Lord and those uh, leaders in the body of Christ. Somebody said, well, I don't like that Joel Osteen. Well, pray for him then. If you think he needs all your help, why don't you pray for him? Well, I don't like what he's preaching. Well, pray that he'll preach better then. But seems seems as if the Lord's maybe raised him up. I don't know. Just saying. You know, or some other preacher. Well, we don't have to like them all. Nowhere in the word does it say you are instructed to like them all. I, there's some preachers I don't like at all. I don't even want to have lunch with them. But it doesn't mean I don't pray for them. They don't have to be my best friend. you understand that? But I can still pray for them. I can still ask the Lord to use them in a mighty way. I can still do these things. Amen? Praise the Lord. Does that help you today? But it's good to stay open in our spirit, isn't it? And uh, I've told people that, you know, griped and griped and griped at me years ago in churches, you know, about what they didn't like. I said, well, maybe you need to find some place you do like. But you've got, to, you've got to find some kind of leadership or pastor uh, in your life that you can respect and honor. Amen? And say, I believe the Lord's using him or her. And then show the proper honor and respect. And I believe that we'll receive then a great blessing through their ministry. Amen? Is this helping you today? 
Glory to God. Well, if you want prayer, the Bible says not the only way, but one way we can, we can, um, minister healing to the sick is through the laying on of hands. The James says that, uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. That means the mature ones. To uh, and and would start with the pastor down, amen. Uh, to uh, anoint with oil. The Bible says the oil shall save the sick. Is that what it says? No. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The oil is just a type of the Holy Spirit. It gives us something tangible that we can connect our faith to. It's made in a majority way. It's symbolic. This is not holy oil with special powers. If it was, we would just fill it bottles of it and go around and spray everybody. Amen. The oil would do its number. It's not in the oil. It's in faith in the word. Amen. And faith in Jesus. So um, I know that sometimes it's difficult to maneuver all the way down front here. I can come to where you are and you that are... uh, You that are um, watching by internet, you can just bear with us. We'll be back here in the pulpit in a second. You can just bear with us, and we'll. um, You, if you have anointing oil at home, uh, meaning olive oil, or if you don't have olive oil, use vegetable oil. Whatever you got, Amen. You can use motor oil, I think, but uh, just put something that represents the anointing on your forehead. And pray uh, virtually with us, amen, the prayer of faith. Remember, it's not the oil that does the healing. It's the prayer of faith, amen. So if you need healing, would you raise your hand and we'll come to you, amen. All right, praise God. Sister uh, Pastor, would you help me, amen. Put some there, your hands, amen. And uh, we will... Anoint with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, we pray for Brother Frank today. Anoint with oil. We thank you, Lord, for your healing touch today. In Jesus' name, I command every ounce of sickness, disease, lack, anything of of distress or or symptoms to go in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We lay hands on Sister Ruby, Lord. Thank you for your healing touch today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You have no part nor lot in this. In Jesus' name. You're defeated. We command these eyes to be normal. We command strength, the Zoe life of God, to flow into this body. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Lord, we lay hands on Sister Marie in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole today. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, we thank you that every bodily function works according to your divine plan. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for, for touching her. Thank you for the anointing to drive out the yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.